Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Guardians. Uh, we kind of have a crossover episode today, uh, back for a second time. My first uh, second time guest, I guess there should be no other person to do this. It's Tom Matheny, who, of course, I do uh, another podcast with uh, Rockin' at the Jake, something we should really get back into, but um, in due time. So I guess you could call this a crossover episode. So, Tom, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. Uh, we definitely need to get back to doing our show, but for now, uh, we'll do our thing on your show. Yeah, uh, much appreciated. It, it, it'll be the same thing, maybe a little bit toned down because, you know, we don't get as crazy on this side. We will probably just leave that for, you know, the other show. No, this but, is a um, respectable show. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to be respectful, respectable on this side. But I mean, if you if you want to get right into it, speaking of respectable and not respectable, we could, you know, get into the fight we saw over the weekend because uh, it was fight night in Cleveland as Tim Anderson. You can say he got knocked out. You can say he got knocked down, whatever. But Jose Ramirez made sure that his right hand connected with his jaw and he got sat down. Uh, yeah, I have a rocking at the Jake version of how I would say that. But yes. We need to record that after. Um, But, but, you know, other than that, you know, we lose two out of three against the White Sox, another series that we should have won. They won the season series. Um, I don't think they won it last year. I can't remember the last time they won the season series, but it it sucks being in second place and so close to winning the division and being, you know, within reach, but then you lose to a team that is below you in the standing. So I'm sure that has to be some, uh, a knockdown for the morale, no pun intended, uh, of the team and surely the fans too, because they've been letting the team have it on social media as we've seen. But, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because I mean, if you're trying to win the division, you should be beating up the teams that again, no, no pun intended, I swear. Uh, but beating up the teams that are below you in the standings. Yeah, it's definitely a disappointment. Um, I'm probably a month and a half past chalking this one up as a lost season, even though Minnesota hasn't really put it away, but they're starting to show signs that they are very ready to put the central away. As far as the series with the Sox, it could have been worse. Uh, Thankfully, none of our players were injured. Uh, You know, Hosey's always fought some hand issues the last couple of years. So, you know, mercifully, yeah. Tim Anderson's jaw is both not that strong and not that weak. <laughs> that uh, is a good way to put it. But you make a point about Minnesota being so close to putting the division away. I feel like that's kind of the, the frustrating part is that they aren't really doing anything special to kind of, I guess, extend that lead that they already have. It's just that we aren't making up any ground. And it feels like whenever we win, they win, and then we lose, they're beating up on teams that they should as well. Absolutely. Um, You know, there's just been so many disappointing series in the last couple weeks. And I know we want to touch on the trade deadline today and some of the weird head-scratching, you know, 
I feel like one of the storylines is how much of a soft spot does Antonetti and Chernoff still have for Kevin Cash because we seem to gift wrap him some of our better players. But overall, just perplexing to say the least. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can get into the trade down if, trade deadline if you want to get your thoughts on that. But uh, the Guardians are have only won three out of the last eleven games, and over the last ten games, Minnesota has won. They're six and four, um, and that's of course coming right after a three game win streak. Then you lose uh, against the White Sox, and we got swept by Houston, which included a no hitter. And then you drop the series against the White Sox, a team that you're better than at least in the standings. Um, so tonight's game. Uh, well, actually, it's a four-game series against the Blue Jays, excuse me. But today and tomorrow will really um, kind of ha- tell you, I guess, where the team is because Toronto is a good team. But if you drop even each of the next two, uh, I mean, like you said, so close to chalking it up as a lost season. I'm not as ready to give up on it, but I've long accepted that, one, the team just isn't that good, and, two, this probably isn't going to be the season that, fans wanted or expected based off of last year. Um, but like I was saying, uh, rolling into the trade that line, what do you think about the trades that the Guardians made getting back um, a uh, single A prospect and also a triple A prospect that I guess if we really want to have good news could possibly make his debut with us this year, but it's really looking like next year, if anything. Um, I. <laughs> Acquiring Khalil Watson was weird. Um, I know we've another gone, middle infielder too. Correct. We've gone back and forth. What have we been recording together now? Like two years. Yeah, just all. about. We've gone back and forth every series of every season of whatever we're recording. Going. Gee, I wonder how we're going to put together a team entirely composed of shortstops and second basemen. Um, Manzardo, I, I want to believe that there was a plan. I understand that Aaron Savali has some, what I would consider now, serious injury history. They haven't really been able to count on him for the better part of the last two years, including this season. Um, but if you don't think you're out of it, what minor league pitcher do you think is ready to step up and be a five? I mean, you've gotten some great work out of Gavin Williams, gotten some fantastic work out of Tanner Bybee. Logan Allen has pitched like a solid upper prospect rookie. Bieber's not that close. There's no saying that McKenzie is coming back. There's no saying that. And uh, yeah. I mean, you traded away Josh Bell, which there, there wasn't much of a future here for him. I liked the signing, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. But I think the front office has realized, much like the Mets, uh, you're still a year or two away from some of these guys being seasoned enough to get the job done. I mean, Hosey's about our age, but 
Jimenez is young. He can't be more than 23 or 24. Bieber's about our age. And the rest of these guys are just young, which cuts both ways. Yes, you're playing for the future, but in certain circumstances, you've had a chance to play for right now, but your right now was skewed by overperforming last season. And at this point of this season, it's hard not to look at last season and say it broke your way more often than it didn't last year. And it might've overinflated the expectations for a, a young team. Now with the team being so young, do you still think that the team is quote unquote a year or two away? Um, Just because of how young we are, we're the youngest average, uh, the youngest team in, in majors, you know, by average age. Um, I think it'd still be kind of hard-pressed to say that the team is ready, you know, even with the guys that you are going to bring up that can contribute even at, at you know, an all-star level. Um, you just have so many young guys that will need that guidance, will need that experience that some guys got last year being in the playoffs and winning the division. Um, but like you were saying, um, it, it's kind of hard to not necessarily rely on a hot streak or things going your way, but clearly that hasn't happened this year, even in years past. Um, you know, 2015, they had the 14 game winning streak to uh, next year. They had the 22 game win streak um, and not discounting those teams or even last year, but just the experience that you get. Do you still think that next year or a year later, uh, this team will really be what we think and hope they can be? It's definitely been a weird, um, I would say five or six seasons to be a fan Um and again, we've we've gotten my thoughts on winning streaks like that. I don't like them. I would much rather you play consistent, you know, seven and three ball through the whole season or six and four ball. Um, and it's it's the most Cleveland sports fan thing in the world to sit here and say, "Ah, oh, you're you're right there. You're just." half a piece from being right there. You're Josh Naylor being consistently healthy. You're a Tristan McKenzie injury away from being, you know, eight games over 500 instead of what are we now? Five games four, five games under 500. Yeah. I think it's four right now. Um, And that's not to say that, you know, all these other teams don't deal with injuries. That's not to say that, you know, the injury bug bites everybody. Look at the Yankees. The Yankees are Aaron Judge away from not getting smacked around by Baltimore all the time. Not getting Mm -hmm. smacked around by Tampa Bay all the time. They have talent. They have depth. They have, well, they have a little depth. They have veteran experience, but they don't have it without him. Whereas, you know, Cleveland is a sum of all parts kind of a team. And some of all your parts is still just a hair lacking. That's not to say that, you know, 
Daniel Espino couldn't suddenly find the magic cure for whatever's destroyed in his arm or his shoulder. But I think now we're going to have to start looking elsewhere in the minor league system for starting pitching because, you know, we've been counting on Espino and counting on Espino and then Bybee shot past him and Williams shot past him and, you know, might be time to move on. Now, I want to ask you, what do you think is more disappointing? The fact um, that the team just haven't seemed to hit their stride that they hit last year or the fact that the Twins really aren't, they're not, like I said, doing anything special and they're not that far away from us in the standings necessarily. Um, and they're certainly not beating up on us either. So I want to want to get your opinion on what do you think is more disappointing to the fact that we may not win the division this year or make the playoffs? The only way you were ever going to make the playoffs was to win the division. The East is deep. The West is deep. If you wanted to make the playoffs, you had to string it together and win your division. Because, you know, we talked about we're playing the Jays. I think right now the Blue Jays are about a half a tier better than us right now. I don't think you're really competing with the Tampa. I certainly don't think you're competing with Baltimore and they've got some younger pieces than we do. Texas has more guys that have been there and done that. And I would just love to be able to beat Houston for once in five years. I, I have we won any of those games re- recently? I don't, I don't think so. I highly doubt it. We've pulled one out, but the yeah. rest of the time, they've been beating up on us like they want to take our candy and our lunch money at school. And they do until you have the horses to play with those guys or find a way to make better pitches to Jordan Alvarez. There's not much else to say. Now, um, I want to ask you about our recent signing, most recent Ramon Laureano. Uh, finally came over, made his debut. We got him off of waivers from the Oakland A's. Um, and in his first game, uh, scores the only run. It's go-ahead run and certainly the winning run in a one nothing shutout. Uh, but what did you think of that move? Um, as we try to figure out some outfield pieces, uh, we ideally wanted to get a, a good bat. Um, on the surface, he hasn't had a good season statistic- statistically. Um, in the second half, his uh, weighted runs created is 116 against left-handers. He's hitting um, almost 130, I think 131 against lefties. Um, so he's certainly an option against lefties, but you want someone that's going to be in their full time and not just be a platoon guy. Uh, but what do you think of that signing, You know, um, especially with him coming through with the winning run last night? What's the old joke from Major League? I'd have loved to have had him two years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or even, yeah, he kind of fell off a little bit last year, but, you know, he could also be a microcosm of, hey, I got it done in some situations and in a game that's all about inches and percentage points and, 
you know, how far you miss the sweet spot on the bat. He plays now for a team that isn't winning the one run games like they used to. And it, it's a weird signing. Um, I think he adds something. I don't know what. It's not like signing Mike Napoli. It's not like signing Jason Giambi when you were trying to give that spark to the guys to try and get them over the hump um, because he's never been there. It's not like he won a World Series with Boston. It's not like he won a World Series with the Yankees if Giambi was even still on the 9 team, which he might not have been. But – I don't know if this is just a stopgap thing where you hope you can turn him around, get him hitting. He's a decent enough defensive outfielder, which is more than you can say about SpongeBob right now. At this point, you're better off combining the better parts of you and me and turning us into a right fielder that can play a little defense as opposed to throwing Gonzalez out there. Yeah, don't forget they've got Cole Calhoun too, who was starting at first base tonight, by the way. Thank God. Please tell me Rokio is not playing third. I can't watch watch Rokio bounce four balls at his feet again. No, he's not in there. (laughs) And I love Rokio. He's one of those guys that I'd love to see him catch on with the big league club. He's starting to hit a little bit, I think. Uh, Certainly more than Arias, but oh, that was so painful. It was so painful. I could actually watch that game. Yeah, it was uh that close to uh, a win, and of course, two two bat balls bounced in the dirt to a guy who tonight is making only his eleventh start at first base. So it was certainly uh, a bad sum of parts on both ends to uh, kind of ruin that game. But with Cal 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 Cole Calhoun, Jesus, thank you. you. Um. Another guy who we just got recently uh, that was kind of in the minors and not really making any noise uh, uh, with other teams. To me, it seems kind of a weird mix to not only call up Oscar Gonzalez with his issues at the plate. Um, he can certainly put the bat to the ball, but he he just, he just expands his zone uh, way too much for my liking. But he's young, and that'll come with the experience that hopefully he'll gain over the next couple of years. And We'll see where we go from there. But the the combination of him, um, Loriano, who's starting in center field tonight, we've seen him at right field in Oakland, and Calhoun, who is also a corner outfielder but starting at first base tonight. Um, to me, it just seems like a weird trio to have. Um, I don't know, when, when neither of them are really doing anything with the bat or playing especially good defense. Yeah, I mean – Watching Gonzalez bad, it's like watching Carlos Santana without the plate discipline. Mm. When Santana hits the ball and he hits it on the screws, he really hits the ball. And when he misses, good Lord, does he miss. Um, Calhoun playing first and whatever. There's another guy I'd have loved to have had three or four years ago. Um. I think you're throwing darts at the wall. And please remember, I think that our front office is certainly a much more 
baseball savvy group of people than we are. I mean, we'd love to have their jobs, but I mean, this is still the same basic brain trust that got us World Series appearance, some big number season wins, certainly several playoff appearances, division titles, you name it. But uh, are we just close enough that we actually need ownership to open up their pockets for more than some kind of a reclamation retread? If if you really want me to answer that question, no. I think we were when we had Lindor. I think we had all the pieces and the veterans that if they had done that, uh, we would have been, but I guess it's also kind of hard to hard to argue against that when you are literally a game away from being World Series champions for the first time since 1948. But right now, no, I think that you're already super young on the major league roster and you're waiting for other guys to come up with the minors that are even younger and have even less experience. Um, I don't think so. I think it, by comparison, someone like Edwin Encarnacion, who signed for three years, ultimately only played two and had a really good season in both those those seasons with 30 homers apiece. Um, even if you were to have someone like that on the roster right now, no, I don't think so. I think you make the playoffs, but you certainly wouldn't make it to the World Series. So that's kind of the, I don't know, disappointing, challenging, um, conflicting thing with the roster right now because, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people think that they're right there, but in reality, no. They're just not. I I don't think that last season proved that you're as close as you think that you are because you're not. Quantrill couldn't figure it out before he got hurt. Good Lord knows what's going on with Plesak. I mean, there's a guy that <laughs> went down to AAA and fell off the face of the earth. I don't know, man. Um I know you typically like your shows to be a little more optimistic than I sometimes can provide, but listen, we, we like deferring opinions. That's fine. That's you've just missed in certain areas. And don't get me wrong. They made my world when they fired Van Berkleyo. And I really think that, uh, how do you say Chris's last name? Valaika. 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 We should probably know that as fans, especially being on this podcast. But I don't, I don't think I've ever heard his his last name like be said. So I don't really know. But I think he's on the right track with a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, you got to start somewhere. You know, slugging is what wins in Major League Baseball right now. OPS, OPS plus is what wins baseball games, and you're getting. You're getting there. You know, it's it's like the perplexing moment when they gave up on Yandy Diaz and basically a salary dump to get Santana back. He was right there. He was starting to drive the ball. He was starting to make that great contact. And I think some of these guys are right there. But when your second best home run hitter on the team is your second baseman, and he's not even that much of a power hitter. Yikes, bros. Um, yeah, I I don't have anything to add after that. Um, but I was gonna say the the firing of Van Berkeley was certainly 
Overdue. welcomed by many. Uh, yeah, you, you could definitely say overdue. It was talked about a plenty before it happened, and it was welcomed when it did happen. So I don't know. I, is it is it the coaching? Is it the players? It, it's probably just a combination of it both, if we're being honest. But I feel like for too long, you haven't had that key power guy. Maybe not for too long, because we just talked about Encarnacion, but We've also had Mike Napoli as well. Him and Santana hit over 30 home runs in that 16 season. Um, but nobody has really stuck and kind of been that year in, year out, except for Jose, of course. Um, and that's kind of been the most challenging thing on top of the team not really being able to, for whatever reason, develop hitters, not especially not nearly as as, as well as they've developed pitchers. Um, but like you're saying, offense wins ball games, and we have a average to below average offense and have for some time. Key pitching doesn't hurt you either. Um, it it doesn't because especially looking at the last two days, and actually since the All Star break, the Guardians have led the majors in ERA at two three two, I believe. Um, it's either two three two or two eight two, but. Your pitching has led the way since the All-Star break, yet you haven't won any games. You can't win games if you don't score runs. You can throw all the one-run, two, three-run baseball that you want, but if you aren't scoring four or five runs a game, it doesn't matter. If you aren't scratching a run across every couple innings, it doesn't matter. Um, And certain guys are starting to put together better at-bats. I mean, the – prototypical Guardians Twitter punching bag, Miles Straw. I watched him have two hits in a game. His batting average is up in like the 230s. Which is still better than last year. Well, you know. If we want to look at it in a positive light, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, that is that is a positive. Um, and we certainly could use all of the positives we could find. Um. You know, defensively, you know, we keep hammering on you're a young team. Young teams make errors. Young outfielders get froze up by line drives that are hit straight at them three feet over their head. You're going to have that. But you don't have the offense to overcome that. It's not like Gonzalez let that go over his head because he couldn't tell where it was going and then turned around and, smacked in a two-run homer. That's what you're missing. You're missing guys who can get it done at the plate after something crazy happened to them in the field. But you do have guys who are proven that they can hit. You know, Laureano got it done the other night. Calhoun's good at it, even though he's – I don't think he's ever played on a playoff team either. Jose is more than capable of it when he can stay out of his own way. Josh Naylor, I would give a lot of things for him to be healthy. I think Bo's coming around. And somewhere you're going to find, you know, Quan's going to get it up. He's not having a terrible year. I mean, he's, you know, he's another one of those guys. He's, one line driver ground ball that falls every week away from hitting 300 again. You have the pieces. It's getting all the pieces together. 
And are you still short a piece? I I don't know. You're you're short uh, a handful of pieces, and none of those were really addressed at the trade deadline, which is the most maybe irksome thing. And you sold high on your best pitcher at the time, and maybe that rubs some fans the wrong way, myself maybe included. But I didn't. I wasn't necessarily upset. Upset's not the word. Maybe more surprised, uh, considering that we were starved for pitching, and then you trade your best pitcher and got back a pitcher with an ERA that was over seven and hurt at the time that you got him. And the two hitters you got back are in the minors. So I don't know. It didn't really help. Clearly, If Manzardo can come up at some point in his career and hit 285, 35 home runs, drive in 110, and hit 40 doubles, you'll forget about this. If Khalil Watson – finds a way to turn himself into, you know, a starting pitcher next season that puts us over the top or somebody who can really hit the ball and play defense, you you tend to let it go and forget about it. The Noah Syndergaard trade, I, I knew you were getting rid of Rosario. You knew he wasn't staying. But what in the world? Mm-hmm. You traded for a guy who's got twice the ERA that you're, that everybody on your pitching staff has combined. And the sad part is, is it's not even like he's thrown poorly for us. That's the sad part. I mean, yeah, he's actually done. Banked in the body with a line drive. Yeah, he's not playing bad. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things that you you kind of have to accept for what it is, um, but you don't like it, you know. And I'm not a person that likes to dwell in the past. I look on Twitter and I see a bunch of people, um, you know, oh look what this player did that we just got rid of. And certainly I could I understand it because it does seem like once you get rid of a guy, they start to hit well. Um, but if you want to bring up some numbers, uh, Josh Bell, who today hit two home runs for the Marlins, uh, <laughs> since <laughs> since he's been traded there in you know his first couple games, and this is before his second home run, he's hitting 323, five runs scored, three home runs, and seven RBI, a 400 on base percentage with an OPS over a thousand. Also, meanwhile, Ahmed Rosario who has already said that he'll probably see some time in outfield and second base that we've already seen. Uh, he's hitting 250. He's slugging 500 and he's also hit two home runs with nine RBI. So that's kind of the, the flip side of the coin. When you get rid of a guy who, even though he may not be doing well with you clearly has the talent to do well and has shown that he can do well um, in the past, and then you trade them, and then they're helping their respective teams out while we continue to lose in field prospects that don't hit nearly as well as they do. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there because, like you, I was excited for the Josh Bell trade. Thought he was going to turn it around. Uh, definitely 
I, I, I don't hate watch to where, you know, you comment on it on Twitter. Oh, look what this guy get did. I watch because I want those guys to succeed me personally. And because I have MLB TV for free, um, humble brag. So I'm able to do that. But Josh Bell is doing well. I'm happy for him. Rosario's doing well. Um, I'm happy for him. But if you want to move on to the rest of the season before we get out of here, I want to get your take on how well do you think the team is going to do, given all the problems that we have, at least for the rest of the month, because it may not even take the rest of the month for us to figure out where, whether or not we're going to reach the division title or not. We have two games left with Toronto. Uh, then we have Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Detroit. Then we have the Dodgers, who, I, to be honest, I'm not really expecting much in that series. Then Toronto again, and then we finish the month. Of course we do, right on cue, with Minnesota. Um, so I just want to get your take on how well do you think the team will do, given that they can't really help themselves in the standings from a direct standpoint until three weeks from now. Um, <clears throat> I have a rocking at the Jake answer, and I have a uh... – and Amari McPherson, believe Guardians answer. Um, for your show, I have no idea. Uh, I, I think it could go well. I think they could end up surprising us. I don't think they'll surprise me. I don't think they'll surprise you. Uh, I will happily put on my you know, Randy Quaid in Major League Two outfit and, you know, go that route. Um, I think if you could play 500 ball the rest of the season, I think you consider that a success. That's not meeting preseason expectations, and that's fine. But if you could play 500 ball, get yourself back up to 500, you take it. I'd take 81 and 81 at this point. I'd take 83 and 79 or however that works. I'd take it. I would absolutely take it because, you know, start the clock on some of these guys. Get Manzardo up and see how he fares against major league pitching. Get him up. Figure out who you got in double or triple A that you think is going to be worth it in the next few years and just start playing them. Let's see John K's John Kenzie Noel. Let's see him. I don't care about hurting his minor league stats. I don't even care if he's hitting his weight in the minors right now. I hope he is, but I don't care. Get him up. Start figuring out which of these guys you're going to keep and which of these guys you want to get rid of. And go from there. How about you, man? What do you think? Um, oh, you're tossing it to me. You're reverting back to our old show. Um, for me, I, I agree. I've, for months, have uh, not finished this article that I was going to write. And like I said, this was months ago. I'm not a genius. I'm not a fortune teller. Uh, I can't read minds. But I, I decided that, you know, just not give up on the season, not blow everything up necessarily. Um, to, you know, use that verbiage, but let the, they say, let the kids play is what I've been hearing a lot on social media. Um, so I guess to use that term, let the kids play because I didn't see much for this team this season. I don't care to 
scratch and claw for a division title just to lose in the first round. And I said that last week. Um, so just let the prospects play. If they're major league ready, get them up. Um, if they're not, then sure, I guess season them a little bit more in AAA. But when September comes around and those September call-ups come and the rosters expand, then I guess you could do that. But I think it'll be more valuable if you um, have those young guys play and figure the game out, get get that experience, try to get used to major league pitching or, or major league hitters if you're a pitcher um, and carry that into the offseason. Um, like I said, I think watching the team struggle as it is currently constructed um, does nothing to your your brand, uh, does nothing for the fans, even though obviously we're going to still watch. Um, but I don't think it does much for you to have you, like I said, scratch and claw. And I don't, I'm certainly not saying quit on the season, um, but see what you have in the minors, like you were saying. Um, go from there. I mean, hopefully Manzardo will be up next year. That'll be one key piece, hopefully, uh, that you can not hang your hat on, but hope works out. Um, yeah, and then go from there. I, I I think that you should just see how everything plays out. And if you get there, you get there. But I don't see um, the value in or the appeal of making it so far just to lose. You know what I mean? In, in years past, yes, it sucked. We haven't reached our potential. We win 100 games just to lose in the division series, lose a 3-1 series lead in the World Series. We, we lose a 2-0 uh, series lead in the division series to the Yankees, and that's kind of been the peak, and it's been all downhill since. Um, but, yeah, that's what I think. I guess the best comparison is it's like watching late 80s Chicago Bulls. You're that close. Yeah. You just need to get over the hump. Uh, I think one thing I would like to see – uh, if you can't do it this year, but going into next year, find a way to expand your athletic training staff, your rehabilitation facilities, because it's very clear that you aren't getting that done and you need to get that done. All right. Um, yeah, just, I don't want to say let the kids play. I feel like I'm saying it to mock the people that said that because while I'm certainly not, rooting for failure. I think that people have hung their hat too trustingly is that I don't even know if that's a word, but on quote unquote, letting the kids play as if calling up prospects and trading certain people was going to be the end all be all and magically turn the season around. And so far we've seen that that hasn't happened. And I don't know why people thought that would happen. Um, but yeah, that's just me. So Enough, enough rambling about the team that is below average and probably not going to win the division. Um, so if there, you know, if you want to, anything else you want to touch on and we can get out of here, you can plug your, uh, your, your Twitter. I still call it Twitter. Uh, tell the people where they can come find your music because my guy is also a singer. So tell the people where they can come watch you perform. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't, I don't even I'm still not really sure how to refer to it. I don't know if we just make it like DMX and just refer to it as X. Um, (laughs) 
whatever that site is that we use, my handle on that is at Matheny underscore six. Uh, I really have gotten away from posting really much of anything on that. You do make sure to like my tweets though, which I really appreciate. Listen, it helps when I have your notifications turned on. I don't. Oh, I didn't know that. Look at that. I feel so. I try not to miss. Um, Everything else is uh, Tom Matheny music related. Um, You guys get to hear this before Friday night. Uh, Me and my band are playing at Mary Arts in Lakewood, uh, nine to midnight. Please come out and check us out if you guys are available. Uh, My drummer and I are actually recording uh, a radio interview tonight for, I think it's Pennsylvania Rock Scene. There's some really fantastic radio stations that are involved in supporting that. Uh, Some podcasts are apparently going to plug what we do afterwards. Um, So it's like anything else, please you know, word of mouth, like, follow, come check us out. Um, it's no different than all the great work that you do on your end with, you're still affiliated with Fear the Sword, correct? That is correct. Fear the Sword, um, your Believe series for your podcast. Um, eventually, at some point, we'll get rocking at the Jake going again and find us a new network or whatever we decide to do with it. Um, So yeah, man, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity to keep doing this with you. I appreciate your friendship and I look forward to doing this again. Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you already know the drill. Make sure you go follow Tom on Twitter, Uh, like comment, subscribe, uh, ask questions. I should do like a live Q and a, but I feel like, People don't really pay attention to that, but it is what it is. That's fine. But that is it for this week. For Tom, I am Amari. This has been another episode of Believe in Guardians. And as always, we will catch you next week. Peace.